Hey, man. Let me ask you something. Somebody draws something and then draw the exact same thing, like right on top of it, without going outside the original designated art. What do you call it? I don't know, man. Tracing? See? You want your book signed or what? Hey, 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 hey! Don't get all testy with him just because you got a problem with your station in life. Oh, I'm secure with what I do. Then just say it. You're a tracer. everybody welcome to ongoing comic book discussion podcast i'm your host tess janos and today we have a very cool episode this is part i don't know what day i think this is week three of um uh, my gosh what's our network called Corey? bfop's <laughs> kevin smith marathon and we are reviewing chasing amy and of course i brought back you guys know him you love him he's Corey. what's up Corey? how you doing man <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Thanks, thanks for having me on to talk about uh, Kevin Smith. And um, I, I think this is day three. Um, day three, of, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I think it's going to go. Well, if you're listening to this now, it's already happened. But uh, it's going to be, I guess, blast from our past. Uh, we'll be doing Clerks and the Clerks cartoon, and then Pad Podcast After Dark's doing Mallrats. Uh, you're doing Chase and Amy, and then why this film is doing Dogma. So we're awesome. we're essentially in the first week of August, which is right now is basically Kevin Smith's birthday week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, a, a network wide crossover event, and uh, his essentially his first four movies. And they're really, I mean, they're really impactful movies, and we'll definitely get to this one. Uh, but we're doing this because we love good old Kevin Smith and his awesome writing, and it is very. Very suiting that we are doing this one, and actually other ones too have comic books as well. But this one is all up in the comic book world, so this is this is this is great that we're reviewing this one, among other reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh. my experience with this movie, and I want to hear yours, Corey. My experience with this movie was um, so we talked about this before. I'm queer. I'm bi. If you want to put a label on it, I don't really like to put labels on anything. I don't think you should. Your sexuality is your own, and you're the only one that should validate that. Here, here. I completely um, agree with that. Not not that you needed my agreeance, but I I agree with it. <laughs> and I know that you do. That's why we're friends, Corey. Um, and like this one is funny because when I first got into what they call the scene, when I had like my first girlfriend, I was. Whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to like deep dive into that part. But like, m- when I was very young, I had my first girlfriend. This was like the one of the movie, the list of movies that was a must see for everyone. Okay. This was, and and I'll dive into more what that means because I remember watching it and loving it, but I don't remember it at all. <laughs> and that was probably ten years ago. And yeah. You know, and you've seen this before, right? Oh yeah, I I loved. I mean, I guess I still do. But Kevin Smith was real sh- strong in my movie repertoire back in high school. I mean, this is this is like the what the mid nineties. Um, I loved Clerks. Uh, Mallrats is actually my favorite of the early Kevin Smith stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Dogma. This one is probably my least favorite of the Kevin Smith early movies. But that's like really? saying what's my least favorite Star Wars. Like I still love this movie. You know <laughs> totally, what I mean? But, totally. But if I had to, if I had to rank everything, it would probably go 
Mallrats, Clerks, Dogma, Chasing Amy. And and it's and again, it's not anything other than those are just like some preferences. But I still love Chasing Amy. Right. I watched it uh, when I was a kid, but probably not as much as I watched Mallrats. Um, but watching it again with my wife, I believe it was her first time seeing it. Or, you know, first time in such a long time that, you know, she was like, oh, it's kind of all new to her. Um, oh. But boy, was it such a, a blast of nostalgia past, you know, like first and foremost, like just at its top layer man it's so nostalgic to watch it just, just for the fashion like the yeah. ugly 90s fashion oh hey god man, speak please for don't yourself. come back i style. love that fashion <laughs> wait a minute so ben affleck wearing that giant uh, sweater over top of a t-shirt with like baggy <laughs> jeans there's literally nothing attractive about anything that he wears in what that do you movie mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. Oh, and the music too i mean i'm a huge fan of my 90s music because that takes me back mm-hmm. and to some good times you know and i'm yeah. like yeah i'm like rocking out or watching mm-hmm. too yeah no the, the movie when watching it you know and you know, we'll get into like the topics of the movie and everything but just like the nostalgic experience of watching chasing amy like i loved that i loved kind of diving back into the 90s like that just like i loved diving into mall rats even though we haven't recorded that episode yet <laughs> you love what are you talking about Corey? that was a great episode i, I saw it oh and if you guys want the schedule there is a schedule right now when you're hearing this up on the ocd instagram you can uh it's very clearly laid out and you can see yeah. what's going on and you can follow it from there um and so yeah so Corey, let's just get right to it man yeah let's get into the meat of this movie because this movie is meaty and i, I mean yeah i want to know your take on things because you know i have my take on things from mm-hmm. from my uh perspective and and I'm curious to to hear yours, um, I, but I do, I do think that the movie was has has its problematic parts, and and of I course. think you know, at the, like at the top, I just want to kind of address some things that I thought were a little problematic. First and foremost. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith, you know, writing wise, and it usually comes out of Banky's mouth, uh, Jason Lee, but Kevin Smith drops the F-bomb, and I don't mean F-U-C-K, I mean the other F-bomb, as much as Tarantino drops the Mm N-bomb in his movies. And I'm watching it, and I'm just like... Man, I, I, I'm happy about the strides that we've made in that regard. And by we, I, I guess I'm probably mostly referring to, like, my group of friends and stuff. And, and we've all really hard, tried hard to erase that word from our lexicon. Um, for me, when I was younger, it was more for something I would refer, refer to as lame. Like, oh, yeah. you know. And, and it's just, it's such a, an, an evil, derogatory word that I'm watching the movie, Chasing Amy, I'm just like, Man, and this is only like this movie's only like what twenty years old, or I just feel like yeah. yeah, I feel like we've come like just in some ways a lot of ways, some ways not obviously, but like I'm glad we don't hear that word as prevalent as we used to in the mainstream culture. Yeah, totally. Every time I heard it, I cringed. But the the main the main gay man in it. Um, who does the amazing speech in the beginning <laughs> yeah. on Black Rage, which I freaking loved. Oh, my God. It was like, um, I was like, where is this going? And it was a trick. I, I don't know. but Yeah, um, when, when he does, does that, like, theatrical sort of, like, uh, uh, you know, Black Panther. It's, it's, he was doing a riff on the whole Black Panther thing. But I love yeah. when Banky said, what's a Nubian? <laughs> yeah, it was that was brilliant. I love that. I was like, Oh my God! This is exactly what's happening right now. He's still like the the black man is standing up for himself and how like the black 
people are represented in comics. And I was like, yes, yes, go, go, go. And then he like pulls out a gun. And I was like, why, Kevin Smith? Why did you write him having a gun in his hand? And then it turns out that he's totally joking and putting on this whole act. And he did it for the sake of selling his comic. Right. Because he's actually a gay black man, which yes. he says, you know, uh, that character says is like, like the most discriminant, like, you know, a gated against like person in the world. Like, you know, right. He's in, he's a minority in a minority in a minority, you know, basically he's like, yeah. he's, and he says at one point, like there's like, I have no support. There's nobody on my side. And I kind of honestly, I feel like that character was a little underserved. I wish they actually do- delve a little bit more into him and, and like sort of his plight and all that kind of stuff. Cause I liked him. I liked the actor. I thought he was funny. I thought the whole, the role was, was good. Yeah, no, he was great. It was, um, I think, the reason why they didn't too much. He definitely serves a purpose later yeah. on, being kind of like um, the fairy godmother, per se, to Ben Affleck's char- character Holden, and kind of is like, right. well, and we'll get into that. That's much, much later in the script. Um, but, yeah, like his, the reason why they didn't dive into him is because the whole point of this movie is that there's a man chasing after a girl who's who's gay so he's just not part of the main thing yeah yeah you're totally right i wouldn't have minded like an offshoot of like what's that whole what's his whole thing about yeah i could watch the whole movie with him you know i was just gonna say let's do it let's do a comic on him yeah yeah seriously please do his character was great and i we're both i think forgetting his name but i loved him he's he was fantastic in it actually i'll tell you right now yeah yeah, what's um, hooper Hooper, Hooper X. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Hooper X. I love it. Like Malcolm X. <laughs> yeah, That's so yeah. dope. That's awesome. Um, so I'm going to actually read a summary real quick, just in case we have some listeners who have not seen this movie before. So the summary goes like this. A comic book writer stumbles upon the love of his life only to discover that she is gay. The situation is acerbated by his roommate and professional partner who becomes increasingly threatened by the possibility that he will be replaced. This is the third film in writer-director's New Jersey trilogy following on from Clerks and Mallrats. So that's why this is third in line. Genius. And the fun thing is there's actually a lot of callbacks to Clerks and Mallrats in this movie. Like when when she's, when Holden is talking to... uh, uh, Elisa, is that her name? Alyssa, El- yeah. Alyssa. Uh, she talks about uh, the the one girl that had sex with the dead guy in mm-hmm. the convenience store. That was that happened in Clerks. Uh, and then the other friend uh, uh, was the funeral that she went to was the other character in Clerks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, and, and then the the scene where that one guy talks about the whole finger cuffs thing, um, yeah. that's in front of the store that was the Clerks store. The, yeah, the, the I was like, wait a minute, I know that yeah. sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Mall rats yesterday because i just i don't know i I wasn't in like the movie critiquing mood Mm -hmm. so i was like let's watch something fun that's related and i watched mall rats and then i'm so glad that i did because this morning when i watched chasing amy i was like oh my god there's so many pulls from that movie and and clerks as well like you were saying i watched that not too long ago so i love that he's like but also in mall rats these are the same actors but they're playing different characters yeah because ben affleck was in mall rats but he wasn't holden he was a different character jason lee was in mall rats as one of the main leads and he's mm-hmm. a different character in this so yeah kevin smith does like to have fun with that and then later on he has even more fun you know by addressing those sort of facts but like yeah. moving forward like I, I i did like jay and silent bob and stuff but for me kevin smith kind of like sort of phased out after the the jersey for me the jersey trilogy plus dogma is probably mm-hmm. kind of my favorite you know stuff with kevin smith yeah yeah for sure for sure and um, so I'm just going to jump right into it. So they meet at a comic convention and he meets and Ben Affleck's character Holden meets uh, Joey Lauren. Her name is Joey Lauren Adams, Alyssa Jones character. 
And I mean, they meet at the comic convention and then they kind of go on to a bar and they're like kind of flirting and they start playing darts. And then Holden is Ben Affleck's character is just like, oh, my God, I'm I'm in love. Not he didn't say that literally, but he's like got those goo goo eyes, you know. And, and I love the dance that he's doing when she's singing the song, you know, yes. and he's like, yeah, she's talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the second night that they meet. And he's like, oh, she invited me to this event and all these things. And so, and I love, this scene is the biggest, like, the biggest part. It's like the plot twist happens so early in the movie, and then it just kind of leads us on for the rest of the movie. So, like, Ben Affleck's character is at the bar with Alyssa Jones, and uh, she goes on stage to play, and she's like, this is for the special someone out there. And he's like, oh, he's talking about me, he's talking about me. And then there's this lady that comes up in front of him, and that was the part where I was like, oh, shit, oh, yeah, I remember the twist now, ooh, yeah. And then um, she's like, she does this little, like, finger, like, come here thing to her, and he's like, okay, and she's like, just they just start, she starts making out with the girl, and he's like, <gasps> that look on his face, priceless. <laughs> I was going to say, I also like the look on Banky's face as he's yeah. like watching, he's watching Holden dance and he looks down at the girl in front of him dance and he's like, he's kind of like putting it together and he's like, what is going on here? And then, <laughs> and then he puts it together and he starts looking around and he's like, oh, I get it. And then I, I kind of, I enjoyed how in this one moment he kind of relates with uh, um, uh, Joey Lauren Adams' character when mm-hmm. they're doing their when they're doing their discussion of the scars, like all their love scars, yeah. you know, which is a complete homage to Jaws, mm-hmm. uh, the scene on the Orca where they all compare their scars, complete where complete with like like her putting her leg up, just like uh, uh, Hooper does in, yes. in Jaws, you know, like it's it's completely a, a, an homage. But I like how in that one moment, Banky kind of connects with her uh, on a, like a, like a like not a sexual level of yeah. them being sexual, like a sexual level of them both liking girls type of thing. You know, yes. and he kind of could, but and I wish they kind of sort of stuck with that further. But it, Banky becomes more of the antagonist of their relationship moving moving forward. But you know, did you think he was unjustly fearful uh, of their relationship? You know, knowing that 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 they're all like his his you know professional careers also coincides with Holden, and you know what happens with Holden. You know, do you think that that the whole movie he's just fearful of their of their relationship? Yeah. Do you think he called it like like when they're sitting on the steps, like when he he first sees them having sex, he's like, "This is going to end poorly," and everything he says does come true. But do you think he was accurate in that assessment? I think I think that okay. So it's funny because I had to pause and I was watching this with John Babe. Um, he I think he's justified in being fearful and protecting his friend, but he is doing it in such a, an aggressive way. You wonder what his like ulterior motives are. And I don't even think he knows why he's screaming at the top of his lungs either. Like, he could have easily been like, you know, hey, man, I don't know about that girl. I mean, isn't it weird that she's kind of leading you on and and then she, like, wants to be your friend, but she's also super, super gay. And, you know, aren't you confused? Like, he could have done it so, like, down here, but he's like what the fuck man and when he does that four-way stop analogy yeah he's yeah got, he's like okay he draws out like a four-way or uh two crossroads and one is like the easter bunny santa claus um a man-hating dyke and then a um a man-loving lesbian and he goes 
which one of these is going to get to the $100 bill in the center? And he's like, I don't. And Ben Affleck's like, I don't know. The, the man-eating dyke. He's like, and he's like, yeah, you know why? Because the other ones are figments of your imagination. Like, Yeah. <laughs> just... I mean, it's eh, I, a lot of the movie, I feel like as a society, we've learned more and we've become more open to things since this movie came out. I, I just felt yeah. like Kevin Smith was very... 1990s level of looking at things. I think a lot of people yeah. are a lot more open with things now and, and understand. And I know that there's probably still aren't, you know what I mean? Like, and, and maybe it's also because we live on, we live on the coasts. Those tend to be a little bit more progressive. Totally. Um, but, but like, I, I just felt like if you did the movie now, I, I still kind I guess I still kind of think that the story could be applicable, but I think you would probably handle it in, in different ways if you did it now, you know? And yeah, it is right. It, the story is applicable. It's just how it's sort of portrayed in this movie. And but you know, at the same time, Banky could. Pro there is people like Banky now in 2020, right? Like I think that yeah. character. He there probably still is people like him, but he was very. Yeah, he was very, very big on his emotions. But I, I also got the sense that he was that way about everything. So I, I guess that's where, mm. where Kevin Smith sort of gets away with having Banky be kind of like a terrible person, but you still sort of yeah. liking him. Because I think he was he's loud and, and, and crazy about everything he, he gets into. You know, it wasn't just about this one thing. I think he feels that way about everything. Yeah, because he's living a lie, essentially, that we find right, out. Right, which we yeah. find out. And I even asked Myra, because, you know, at the end, you know, you know, at the end, you know, when Holden proposes his plan to sort of fix everything, mm -hmm. um, you know, Banky says, you know, he'll go along with it. But then when, when it doesn't come to fruition, he says, oh, thank Christ. Like, I was asking Myra, I was like, is Banky gay for Holden and, and, and not that it matters or anything like that but like is it a sexual thing is it a is it just a like and she, Myra's just like it's just love she he just yeah. loves Holden like you know just and, you know and, and Myra's better about it she's like it's doesn't doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's a sexual thing or not it's like he loves Holden he loves Holden more than more than like a best friend but not like a sexual lover thing but he loves him with all of his heart you yeah, know and honestly like Kevin Smith they could have written it either way where he was just like a really intense friend they could have written him as a terrible friend and then they wrote him as a closeted gay which is fine and it ended up good for both of them because at the end they ended up being friends over it because he could finally just be free with who he was which is awesome but that's that's my question. Is Banky uh, closeted gay in the movie? And I know all the yeah. other characters say that he is. Okay. No, he totally is. Because at okay. the end, when him and Ben Affleck are like, the way he looks at him, he looks at him in a different way where it's like, he, you could just tell. Because, I mean, he made, he was the one that said the F word. Like, he, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? And he was the one that had all those homophobe jokes and yeah. so like that. And I've met guys like that in my life. And I'm like, you want to, I mean, I, yeah, that's you need not, to examine what's going on inside of you. <laughs> right. But it's like, it's so much deeper than that. And it's like, even in that part like i was even like is that really ben affleck's place to tell him that he's gay you know what i mean 
Right. Okay. So, oh, good. Good point. Like, like even there, like Ben Affleck's trying to do something, or he thinks what he's doing is a good thing. But yeah, you're right. It's like he needs to do. Like, yeah, Banky needs to come to his own conclusions. Like everybody does. Yeah. And, and maybe in you know, like maybe he did because here's the thing. Like, you know, you watch the movie and it's kind of a downer because the climax of the movie is is that proposition that kind mm-hmm. of blows up in, in, in Holden's yeah. face. That's the climax. And then you see the denouement is one year later. Now, what mm-hmm. I was telling Myra is like at first it felt like a, a bummer, but at the end of it, I felt like the the last like those last ten minutes of the movie. You know, I felt like after that year, everyone's grown. Like mm-hmm. Banky has grown, yeah. uh, Holden has grown, and Alyssa's and grown. Alyssa's grown, yeah. and and I feel like. I loved that because I was like, I liked that I felt like all their characters grew, but mm-hmm. we didn't see that growth. We didn't see that year of growth. We didn't need to. You we know? didn't need to. Exactly. We just yeah. saw that, that. We saw the catalyst for the growth. So, like, we saw everything that led up to, like, the necessary need to change, but mm-hmm. we just didn't see that year of all three of them clearly taking their own paths and, 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 you know, and the funny thing is like when I first saw that movie, when I was younger, uh, you know, I had my best friends that I was friends with for a long time. And, and I saw that movie. And at the end of it, I was like the fact that like Holden and Banky weren't friends anymore. I saw it Mm -hmm. as a sad ending, but now like 20 years later, I've had friends leave my life that were like my best friends and now are coming back into my life. I can look at this movie and say, oh, actually, it's a positive thing because yeah. once, you, once you're friends, you can always be friends again. You know what I mean? Like, you can always go back to that. It, the door's kind of always open, especially if there's a love for the, for the other person there. So I, I actually found the ending to be very hopeful and positive. Yeah, I mean, you have to give people that time. Like, I mean, I think that as I'm growing older, I'm realizing that people do, like, they, they evolve, man. And you got to give them that space and that time. It's like when people say don't go to bed angry. It's like sometimes you got to go to bed angry and wake up a year later and feel totally better and refreshed because you've, you know, mulled over all these thoughts and emotions and and you you have elevated as a person because you've accepted who you are and, and what you can present to the world. You know, you feel free in, in that. And some things, in some like giant life moments, need uh, uh, the time that you sit with it is just as important as the moment that it happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For in order for things to change, the catalyst needs to happen. But you also have to spend time letting it sit with you, letting it to kind of like like mm-hmm. like seep into your core. If you know if this is a good proper change, and yeah. and I do again, I, I left the movie watch like like with a very positive experience. Because I was like, oh, man, Banky was such a piece of crap, you know, at the beginning of this movie. And he doesn't seem like that at the end of this movie, you know, uh, after that year of of sort of reflection. And I like that. It shows that that Banky can change, that, you know, uh, that people can change. And I I don't know if if Holden and Alyssa will ever get back together, but hopefully Mm -hmm. their relationship will be something new and, and different moving forward, you know? Yeah, and speaking of Alyssa and Holden's relationship, that's kind of that's the main thing right. of this whole movie. And to take it back, and I'm glad we followed Banky's timeline there because now we we know like our thoughts on that throughout because he he is like he threads himself in and out of their story, and he's very much an influence as to why they did the final breakup because his voice is in Ben Affleck character's head when he ultimately tells Alyssa off. But to start at the beginning. I like like honestly like I saw and you know me personally I saw myself in this story almost all the way through because this literally happened to me I was 
I'm just, I mean, I was gay. I was a lesbian when I, from 19 to 26, like did not, I was never with dudes. Like I didn't like, you know, except for John babe for like a moment in time when I was at 23. And the reason why we broke up is because I was really freaking confused. Like, what's my sexuality? I thought I like girls and, and he's just like, but I love you, you know, all these things. And it's exactly what happens in this story. And then also there's a moment where Alyssa is completely ostracized by her lesbian friends. And that's exactly what happened to me. Like when I told them that I was dating a dude when I was 23, they were kind of like, uh, okay, you know, but I thought you were with us. I thought, so I totally understand like her conflict and her confusion. Like I had to step away from this movie several times to be like, okay, I got to stand up. Cause it, re- I mean, it still, it shook me. Like I lost a shit ton of friends and you know, I would never. And the thing is, like, I would never go back. I would never, ever, ever trade John for anything in this entire world. And I spoke. It was my true self. But that's not what happened in this movie. Like, Ben Affleck was a fucking jerk. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that was like. <laughs> and yes, uh, you know, uh, Myra and I saw the parallels, you know, because we know both you and John, babe. And we we know your story. Um, and, you know, I, I was asking Myra, I was like, is, is this like what happened to Tess basically? And Myra was like, yeah, I think so. I'm like, holy shit. But at least, you know, I was like, I, at least I, I think, you know, John Babe was probably better than freaking Holden. Yeah. Holden's character is a real piece of crap in this movie. Yeah. Um, but I, but that, that also showed that he needed to also grow as well. But he was, he was, yeah, a real piece of crap. But like that scene when, when they're in the rain and everything, she's like, she's like, you don't, understand you telling me you like me is like that nothing changes for you for me my entire world changes and for me Corey, as your friend that i could hear you tess like saying something like that and Mm -hmm. you know this movie kind of made me like sort of understand things a little bit better uh from your side of things i never will claim that i truly understand but it helped me kind of see things and then that scene where she didn't want to tell her friends and everything i i I, again i looked to myra i was like do you you think this is like what happened you know and Myra's like yeah I think it kind of did and I'm like and we just both were like Jesus like you know what I mean like like your friends just ostracize you for 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 something that uh, why why you know yeah because they promote like love is love and all these things and I'm like oh is it and I'm sorry if there's like anger in my voice but I just feel like I feel like the best way for humans to connect is to tell their story and like this is me telling my story this is other than the end this is exactly to the T nearly what happened between John and I it's like that's why we couldn't get together for seven years because I was confused what my sexuality was and the thing is he was he wasn't like Holden he was like super accepting of of me and who I was he just wanted to be with me you know like even now sometimes I'm like hey that girl's hot you know and he's like yeah for sure (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah even Banky said that that's gonna bother you now granted I think a lot of things that Banky was saying was specifically knowing Holden's character. Like, Holden isn't supposed to be every single man in the world. Holden is supposed to be Holden, just like Alyssa isn't supposed to be every single uh, lesbian in the world or or bisexual person. Like, she's she's supposed to be her, you know? And and so Banky knew his friend and knew his friend, how he would act, you know, and everything. But man, Holden was kind of a piece of crap in that movie. And uh, and knowing John, I I can't even see John, you know, uh, John Babe getting hung up on on the the shit that Holden got hung up on. Um, But my, my question is how... 
knowing that, I mean, I don't know if Kevin Smith, you know, had uh, talked to somebody else while he was writing the film, but how well did Kevin Smith handle the voice of, of, of Alyssa? Did, did he get it right? Did he get some things wrong, do you think? I'm, I'm so glad you were asking me that because that's literally what I was like, just like word vomiting to John at the end. I was like, who did he talk to? Did he have this story happen to him? Like, this is so relatable. It's so honest. Like, it's he doesn't even, like, hypersexualize lesbian ism per se you know what i mean like he he it's 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 so like Alyssa's character is that girl who can't find her place in the world but she also knows exactly where she wants to be because she's had so much experience and the way that she stands up for herself just at the beginning when he's like how can you tell me you love me did it like i like i was literally on the phone with john being like i'm gay like leave me alone when, like the first time we broke up when i was and i'm i know that's like super i'm being super vulnerable right now but like it's like that is what happened because i was confused i was like how did he know my story <laughs> you know and so i love that he did it it was it's a great portrayal it's like um, even Holden's character is very, very mirrored to the the '90s man, where they're just kind of like, "How do you have sex?" And it's like, I've had that conversation with guys a lot, and they're like, very like, "How does it happen?" And I'm like, "It happens. Shut up." <laughs> and and I feel like like you know, watching movies and TV shows since then. I mean, I feel like even TV shows have tackled this, like mainstream TV shows, and have tackled it better. But I I I kind of feel like we needed chasing Amy at that moment to yeah. kind of open up the conversation and kind yeah. of get things going. Like the whole thing about, you know, when, when they're on the swing set and she's kind of explaining to Holden, like how she has sex and like Holden keeps saying, but the standard, and she keeps saying, you keep saying the standard way of things. And, and he's, he has this very yeah. Catholic schoolboy. I mean, but his character was a Catholic schoolboy, right? He, so he has this very sort of uh, specific viewpoint and that's not to disparage people who have a Catholic, like upbringing or anything like that but again his character has a very specific viewpoint but i also think that that specific viewpoint was the prevalent viewpoint of the time and i do think that societally speaking i don't think at this point we have that conversation anymore like like the conversation of but lesbians can't have sex because there's no penetration i I feel like Mm -hmm. as a society we understand now that that that's a stupid question right or that's a stupid thing to say you know but then again there's probably parts of the country that you know are even or even behind chasing amy you know what i mean it's just you know but uh you know i i yeah yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Like I like I remember having a conversation with my grandmother who lives in Tennessee and she's like, "Well, I wish you were straight." And I was like, "Well, I'm not straight and I'm still not straight." Um and then she was like, "Well, I just want you to have a kid." And I'm like, "You know that I can still have a kid, right? And it could still be half my kid just as much as it would be if I was a man. You know that, right?" You know, and it's like now we have that knowledge, but back then, like especially in 97 when chasing amy came out this had to be just like people were probably leaving the theater like what i have learned so much because people close themselves off to other like i'm doing air quotes misfit communities because they don't understand them and they don't want to understand them because they think it's weird but gays have been here since the beginning of time people Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah we've found ways to have sex since the beginning of time like it's not anything new to us but to like a viewer like it's gotta be especially and it's funny because the viewer was very 
is very symbolic of who Holden is. Like, if you're watching, you probably had the same viewpoints as Holden did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you have sex? Uh, you know, what do you mean you're still, you're not a virgin anymore? You yeah, know, no, I, I will 100% tell you that this movie asked questions that I was, you know, maybe I didn't know to ask or, or whatever, but it did, even at the, at the time, shine a light on my own uh, ignorance of things. And, you know, watching it now, I'm like, okay, cool. I, I, I'm happy that, like, you know what I mean? I'm happy that I have grown and that, that society has grown in, in some regards. But at the time, yeah, I, I, it answered questions for me. It, it, it broke really? <laughs> norms, you know, for me and, yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I wouldn't say it was like life altering. I didn't probably, you know, stop using the F word right after it, you know, mm-hmm. but I got to hope that that it laid a, a seed. It laid a groundwork, you know, in my head that maybe took. 20 years to come to fruition but Mm -hmm. maybe it was planted there by by chasing amy Uh, you know i don't know and i you know i've talked about it on other podcasts uh and and on this one before with you where like growing up in the 80s uh, a movie as wholesome and fun as as bill and ted's excellent adventure at the end of the movie after this insane after this insane excellent adventure that they go on (laughs) they hug each other and and immediately have to push each other away and they call each other the f word and 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 i'm like and i'm trying i'm telling myra i'm like this and also i'll give you another example i was watching seinfeld with myra the other day and george jerry comes home to george uh george was just watching a movie at his house because if Mm -hmm. he if he watches the movie at jerry's house while jerry's away and not at his own apartment he's actually out doing something right like he's not in his own apartment so he rents his rents home alone Jerry comes home as George is crying because the end of it, he's like, oh, you know, the old man got to me. And and Jerry's like, oh, this is sad. This is a poor display. And like, and I tell Myra, I'm like, these are the reasons growing up that boys, that men cannot show any display, you know? And like I said, even in, in, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, a, a, a family-friendly movie, they call each other, you know, the F-words or, or they say gay or something like that. It's very derogatory, yeah. you know, yeah. because they can't show emotions. They can't hug each other. And so, yeah, this, like, I feel like there were there was a lot that we have to overcome yes. uh, in media, portrayals in media. And, and I think we've done a lot of good stuff, you know, overcoming mm-hmm. a lot of uh, negative portrayals. But but I think this movie helped in that regard and sort of pushing things forward. Oh, you know? yeah. Totally. And Ben Affleck's character Holden is the epitome of what happens when you when you hold on to all of those emotions as a man. Because the reason why he couldn't be with Alyssa at the end is because he hadn't gone on all the escapades that she had gone on. You know, because in those relationships, even in the 90s, sadly enough, only, you know, shy of 30 years ago, men still thought that they had to be you know, the upper of women. They had to have the most this, that, or the other. Then, you know, something over women but she had so much over him she had the power she had the power in the relationship and and men can't handle that yeah and he couldn't and he was being an idiot by just asking her about the finger cuff moment when they're at the hockey rink so they're at the hockey rink and they're watching a game and she's being so awesome like i'm gonna stick that stick up your ass if you you know just like hilarious like who wouldn't want to bring a girlfriend like that to a hockey game you're like that's my girl you know that's my girl right 
But then he, like, could, he heard about the finger cuff story where it was like, you know, if you could just use your imagination, um, <laughs> what that means. And, uh, and so he's questioning her about her past sexual escapades, which are none of his business, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he could have approached it so much better. But he was bottling it up inside of him so much he just exploded. And the way that he asked her was just so, like, what's the word, asinine? Like, just stupid. Yeah. And it was, and I was like, ah, you idiot, you deserve whatever comes to you. And she read him the riot act, and I was like, go, girl, go, tell him. But here's the thing. At the end of that fight, when they're in the parking lot, like, I don't, she wasn't, like, gonna leave him. He was like, oh, I can't handle this. And I'm like, you are such a (laughs) moron. And I will say this. I can't say that I would not have acted differently at that age and, and like back in the day but now when i'm 42 watching it right now i'm literally sitting there thinking why do you care we all yeah. have a story we all have history we all have things you know what i mean and and i don't give a rat's hoot who myra was before with before me or or anything like that she's she's with me now and i i love her for it whatever yeah. insane I, I hope the same for me but like whatever Life experience made her the way who she is now. I love her for it. And I love, I don't have any problem with her life experiences. But I can't say that I wouldn't have behaved the same way. But I think that's also from, I mean, you got to think also Kevin Smith was writing this movie when he was in his late 20s, you know, early 30s as well. And I do think some of that, like, early, like, some of that youth does come through in the ideas because now I'm just like, who, who, who would give a crap about what your history was? All that matters is right now. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you agree that, like, from a Holden's point of view, and he's probably, like, what do you think, like, 25 in this movie? Yeah. 26, something like that. Like, if from that viewpoint at that age, in that time, 90s, the I, 90s, like, you might have reacted the same on, just because as a result of the time. Yes, you know I, mean? I don't agree with it, but I do think that I probably would have at that age, at that time, with that limited, you know, knowledge that I had, and with, you know, all the insecurities in my 20s that I had, that I can't say that I would have been, you know, enlightened enough to 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 handle things any better than him um uh, uh truthfully but looking at it now i can totally see everything that's wrong with it you know what i mean i can totally yeah. see like how how that is wrong and why that is wrong you know and and what he's doing wrong and yeah. and just just wrong 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 oh, holden, wrong buddy holden you are just wrong buddy. on so many levels because like you said you have this awesome person with you that that wants to be with you that that i mean and honestly and and she says it so many times, like, I've gone through these experiences, and you're the one that I want to be with. You should yeah. feel flattered about that. And he, he can't see that because he's so wrapped up in his own insecurities and his mm. own fears, you know. And, and all of these things are addressed by different characters. You know, even yeah. Kevin Smith's Silent Bob character talks about, you oh. know, the, the— Can you tell the, that story? Yeah, it's so, so I mean, good. So he meets, you know, and the only little cameo of Jay and Silent Bob in this, mo- in this movie are when they go when Holden goes and meets him. And then Jay— 
Jay and he tells him what their problem is. And mm. of course, Jay's dismissive because he's a, he's a, he's, he's an Jay. idiot. He's, yeah, he's yeah. Jay. And, uh, but Silent Bob has this, tells the story about how he kind of had the same thing. I don't think the girl was, was gay, but it was this girl that had more experience than him. And, and he, because of his own fears and insecurities, he pushed her away. And, and ever since then, her name was Amy. He's been chasing Amy. And that's why, uh, uh this movie's called Chasing Amy. And I do have ex- experience with that. Like when I wasn't with Myra, I would actually refer to like chasing Amy. Like I would say that like that thing, like I'm chasing mm-hmm. Myra and in my head, it's like, right. you know, it's like I, I was chasing Amy. I was re- referencing that Kevin Smith line. Um, but I do feel that Kevin Smith does. Yes. Yes. Holden is the main character and, and he is messed up and, and he does, he makes wrong choices, but I do feel like Kevin Smith tries to give the voices all around him, like tries to give everyone a voice around him, you know? And, and it's just ultimately, Holden makes the wrong decisions and that's well, yeah. that's very human that's a that's a very human trait yes 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 and and he I think that at that point he's he you think oh he'll figure it out who will get her maybe this will be a happy ending but what he does is he gets um oh my gosh I'm blanking on it Banky's Banky and Alyssa together and he's like hey guys Banky you're gay and I was like "Ooh, you are not the person to tell him that but mm. okay we're gonna <laughs> let this happen Alyssa, uh, even um, Alyssa, even Alyssa felt like uh, you could see even she was thinking that like you're not the person to like you're like you could see her the entire time like you're off you're way off Holden like you can't be doing this. No, and and like somebody who isn't, I mean, I am part of the gay community, but like Holden, somebody who is not part of the gay community, looking at it from an outside perspective and just assuming that that is the right way to go. Right. Like as a straight man, you have to tell your friend that he's gay. Like just that sentence alone, every, anybody listening is like, no, like that sounds awful, you know. And then he just assumes, he's like, let's all have a threesome. And in my head, I'm like, how is that going to solve anything? You're still surfing on your insecurities and your ego right now, buddy. Like, you need time. Stop making, uh, like, irrational decisions. Like, just, and I'm so glad, I'm so glad that Alyssa was like, fuck you. I am not your whore. I just want you. Can't believe you'd want to share me with anybody because i would never want to share you you know and she just starts going through the list of things that could possibly happen we've all been there had like weird we've all had weird sexual encounters where we're like nope don't want to do that ever again and she's just had like this whole list of them and she summed it up to all this experience and she knows this is not the way to go this will not solve anything it will only make it worse if anything hinder your friendship and any sort of chance of Alyssa and Holden getting back together and at the end I started clapping I was like yes she did it again like she said it like Kevin Smith gave Alyssa this voice that was so empowering he could have gone the route of hot lesbian making out with another girl boobs yeah no problem cut to that scene them being so happy they did it just not telling the right story but I'm just so glad that he told the truth like that's that I mean I haven't I'm not I've been there but like it like of course that's gonna happen like you don't want awkward shit with your friends like of course that's what's gonna happen and it's it was just genius that he gave her that voice to slap him and leave i was like yes <laughs> yeah now i i i do uh, you know aside from some of the the i, I you know feeling like it was kind of of the time like like the the effort always getting dropped you know I, I felt that some things were a little bit little bit immature but for the yeah. most part you know I, I I think Kevin Smith you know handled the the subject matter from a 
a white straight male, I think he did a pretty darn good job. I mean, granted, that's one another white straight male, uh, you know, complimenting him. But like, I, I think he did a decent job, you know, trying to I, I like the fact that he gave a lot of different voices, you know, even like we said, yeah. even though Holden is sort of the main voice you're following. He gave a lot of different voices. And I, I liked that. I liked that, you know, sometimes you just 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 need to give somebody a voice that's it you know what i mean just yeah. let somebody actually have a voice um but, but before we like you know like i like have to wrap everything up but like let's talk no. about the comic industry stuff you know I was in, in this yeah yeah, yeah yeah so so banky's a tracer yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god i love that beginning scene where he's like <laughs> he's trying to explain to these douchebags and he's like hey uh you know i'm yeah i'm the what do you say I'm yeah, the letter, uh, the the inker? he's the inker and the colorist and he gives he gives depth to the to the artwork and mm-hmm. uh and and so and so the other guys like so you're a tracer i mean it was it was funny but it was also very like inside baseball it's it's a very like inside uh, uh comic book you know kind of thing but boy oh boy does that did he just nail the the look i could almost smell that room you know what i mean like yeah. i could i could smell that comic book convention room yeah. and that that marriott you know like like they're definitely in like a marriott conference room you know with everyone's mm-hmm. got their tables up and i'm like oh man i've been there before yeah very old school comic convention type thing like hard anybody really there probably like during that time people were like oh you're a comic book writer and 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 they don't think like that's so amazing like they do now like if you saw a comic writer now you might be like oh my god I love your book or you know so much more respect for being any part of a comic um but yeah then they just were like they're just like poo-pooing on him and what he does and he starts a fight and then (laughs) I think I loved it because we really got to see like Banky's character like who he was and what he represented he just I mean he was very like he was very the word coming to my head is like sharp like you not in a good way just kind of like get the f off man like don't don't make fun of me when I do kind of thing um, and it really set us up for how he reacted to Holden and, yeah. and Alyssa. Well, of course, yeah. He, he, yeah, Banky is intense. Like, no matter what he does, he's intense. And yeah. um, I, I have to – I don't have confirmation of this, but I have to suspect that uh, Kevin Smith used uh, 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 Eastman and Leard as, as sort of a template for – for uh, Holden and Banky, um, they they were the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, oh. They were like a a very synonymous like you know you just look Eastman and Leard, Eastman and Leard. Like it's just their names together, you know. And and you know they they eventually fell apart as well. And you know it kind of like you know uh, Bluntman and Chronic seemed to, seems to have like sort of be the the big mainstream thing, you know, like how TMNT was and everything. So I was like, okay, this kind of this kind of has like things with that. That nature in it yeah. so i found that to be sort of interesting as well um but uh you know i i i, I liked seeing the comic book industry you know i like seeing them at work and stuff like that mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of neat although i think they're they're making a lot more money than uh comic book creators actually do oh for sure for <laughs> you know sure. When, when holden's like i made this comic like i i, I printed like he, like what was he doing for the past year like he he can't he can't survive off of you know especially since the 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 
Buttman Chronic show didn't get produced. He he, you can't live off of a comic book guy's salary unless you're like constantly working. So I think that was yeah. a little bit unrealistic. But you know, you got you got to have fun with it, right? Oh, totally. And I love that the way that they brought in Jay and Silent Bob was over the likeness agreement. Right. Like they were using their likeness and they were getting paid to use their likeness. I was like, I like that. That was really sneaky. They didn't have to do that. They could have been like comic book con uh, goers. You know, they could have been those guys that were like, so you're a tracer, right? Like could have been those guys, but they use them in such a very tactful and kind of sneaky way. It was very unique. And I, I appreciated the use of them there as well. Yeah. Cause in, in the funny thing is like, this is their the most realistic portrayal of Jay and Silent Bob. If, if you mm-hmm. look at Clerks, like if you look at it in chronological order, Clerks, then Mallrats, then Chasing Amy, then Dogma. This right here is probably the most realistic, and then Mallrats and Dogma is probably the most like like what Jay and Silent Bob are thus moving forward, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Like with Jay and Silent Bob dry, fight, uh, strike back and all this kind of stuff. Like it's just it was crazy to think that that Jay and Silent Bob were like. <laughs> They they got their own movie. Like I mean, like Kevin Smith was a big deal back in the nineties. Yeah, like this was. A, I mean, I I think he is, but like this was this was like the the peak of Kevin Smith. This was the the peak of it. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And it's funny because like my relation to Kevin Smith wasn't because I I was born in nineteen ninety. So like I was a kid then. Like I was seven. I would have never been able to understand the concept of chasing Amy. Um, like I am now, but I certainly like appreciate him for this because I was worried to be honest, because when I watched Mallrats last night, um, I was concerned because like they kept using, um, what's her name? Joey, the the girl who plays Alyssa Jones in this movie. Like they used her, like they showed her boobs. They were like super hypersexualizing women, like the fortune teller with the three nips. Like it was, I was like, oh man, is Kevin, like I love Kevin Smith, I think, but is it because I like him because everybody else likes him? Like shit. And then when I watched Chasing Amy, I was like, no, no, this is why I do like his stories. Like it's, you know, it's very real. Yeah. I mean, Mallrats is, I feel like Mallrats was his attempt to make um, a zany 80s comedy uh, uh, like Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks and, and and those always notoriously they were always rated R and had like nude scenes in them you know yeah. uh, we you know we just did Trading Places on on Podcast After Dark yeah. and it's it's the it's the same thing like I feel like it was him saying I want to make a zany 80s 1985 you know uh, raunchy comedy which is why you know Mallrats is perfect for for Pad but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean but yeah it, it, it does show his versatility that he could swing from that uh, to this, you know, and it makes yeah. something much more heartfelt uh, with this movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm so curious if anybody knows like how his writing process was for these four movies, like his stream of conscious thought, like where did he get these ideas from? Because I like to bring it back to Chasing Amy, like I'm honestly just so surprised that he knew that story especially from a lesbian's perspective just a queer person's perspective in general especially because he's not part of that community does he know anybody close to him and just like his story like silent bob's story when he was talking about chasing chasing amy um you know maybe he drew from that i don't know yeah i kind of my gut again i have no confirmation my gut kind of tells me that the chasing amy was an actual real story that kevin smith you know has and and i get and the name of the movie being that, I pretty much, I, I if he says so, I would be like, yep, yeah, that that makes complete yeah. sense. But like, 
But like the fact that even at the age of 42, if I were writing this, I would never have thought to write Joey Lauren Adams character saying like for you, Holden, you telling me you love me, nothing changes for you. But for me, if I commit to this, my entire world changes. I, I would if I was writing this, I mean, not that like Tess, you're my resident, you know, gay friend or something, but I would have to be like, Tess, can you, you would have, can you please look this this over and make sure I'm not like stepping on any toes and, or I'm getting anything wrong. And I hope that he did that, which he must've, he clearly, he did, or it just came all from him. And if so, he's a very sensitive person. I think, I I think he he must be very sensitive and which, you know, it's funny because yeah, Mallrats is so just raunchy and, and not sensitive, but, but Chase, Chasing Amy, which is his, his follow-up to uh, Mallrats, is like, wow, he just went fully, he dove into it to something that's not easy. I, I can't imagine that the distribution company was like, oh, God, why? what you're doing? Yeah. Like, this isn't going to make us money. Like, they, they didn't even, like, Mallrats didn't even do well. They, no one really liked really? Mallrats either. Yeah. So he when he did Chasing Amy, he was kind of still, he was parlaying his Clerks uh, uh, fame and, and everything and how much money mm. Clerks made. Um, honestly, I don't think Chasing Amy made a, you know, a huge splash, but I do think it's built up a massive cult following over over time. You know, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, just even with being in the scene, the lesbian community, like it's it's on the list of things that you have to to watch. But what's so funny, interesting, is that the friend group that I had that was in the community is very different from the queer friend group that I have now, who are very accepting of who I am and blah 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 all that great, wonderful, gooey, awesome, loving stuff. Um, the friend group then, you watch Chasing Amy with an eye of what happens when you date a guy. Like, it's it came from a place of don't be with a guy, like kind of like man-hating lesbian group. Like, And I say that with love because they had all gone through their own trauma when it came to men, so I cannot blame them for their views. Um, so, But, it like, the reason why they hated bisexuals and they literally like their words and it was just this group um they didn't like bisexuals is because like they couldn't make up their mind or you know were they really a lesbian like when I got with John people would text me not of that group but like outside of that group uh interestingly enough and they're like weren't you dating a girl last week or like weren't you um I thought you were gay I thought you said you're gonna be gay forever and and all these things. And this, like, just brings to light, like, the many, 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 many different stories that can co- and scenarios that can come out of stories like that. It's it's not all one-sided or two-sided. Like, it's, it's quadruple-sided. Like, this relationship was extremely complicated. And it continued to be a year later. It's like they left us at a point where, where Holden goes into the other room. He, he slides her a comic called Chasing Amy, tells their story. At the end, he basically says, like, I'm sorry, Alyssa, wherever you are, gives her the comic at the next year's comic convention he walks out the room and she looks at him and as a like as a you know as a writer kevin smith again could have easily been like she runs after him and kisses him again like she did in the rain you know but he didn't he left it open to interpretation you know like do they stay friends do they never talk does she say thanks i read the comic do they hang out again like it's just like the the relationship the reaction to that situation is super complicated and could have gone a million ways you know yeah yeah i know and and when i this movie was so different 
when I watched it back back in the day versus mm-hmm. when I'm watching it now. Um, you know, Myra and I had have gone through our own things, you know, and and, and so at the very end when when you know Holden goes and gives her the comic, I go, you know, that was kind of like when I I ran into her sort of at the uh, we had this like we were a part not uh, you know Myra and I went through a period of not being a, together and then we got mm-hmm. back together after like three years uh, or two and a half years something like that and um we <laughs> I said oh this is kind of like the the day that we had like a four hour breakfast like we went to meet for like brunch and it just turned mm-hmm. into like four hours but yeah. um but yeah it's like you don't know which way she's gonna go because the camera you know ends with her kind of putting the comic to the side and going back to to talk to her her at the time new girlfriend you know that that she's sitting with and you don't really know what's gonna happen although I, I yeah. leaned uh I leaned to my I said to my wife I go that that girlfriend right there represents both of our exes <laughs> she and Myra <laughs> laughed you know she's like yeah um <laughs> not knowing what's coming but um right, but right. It, you, so you, you can't stand you you can't get in front of uh, a fate sometimes it'll just move you out of the way whether you want to or not um yeah, but I, I do I'm with true. you I'm with you that I love the ambiguity at the end and under the filter of my age that I'm at now and the life experiences that I've had I actually viewed it as a positive ending because even mm-hmm. if they don't get together all three of these characters are better people than when they started yes. the movie yes and, and that yes. is ultimately I always view movies as like you, you ultimately you're trying to go on the, a, a character journey and movies that I think that a lot of times you're like I don't really know why I like didn't like this movie or like it, it's a lot of times because the character doesn't grow it just it just right. the character just comes and goes and that's it here I mean you all three of them grew. Even Banky grew, Holden yeah. grew, and and I think Alyssa grew too. Um, I you don't I don't think she had to grow as much, you know, but I think she did. And and mm-hmm. and I think I look at it and I'm like, man, that was a it's a beautiful, realistic ending, and and I think it's hopeful. I think. I think that in a, in a couple of days or something, I think Holden will probably reach out to Banky. I think mm-hmm. they'll start talking again, and you know, and they'll have moving forward. They'll they'll create a new relationship because that's what I've started doing with uh, a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in in like three or four years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, we had a falling out, and and you know, through stubbornness and this and that. But this this was like my best friend in high school, and this was like <laughs> this was my uh, my best man at my my first wedding. You know, and we haven't mm-hmm. talked in years, but. We've been gaming because uh, he was a part of like my friend group, you know. So I've been gaming with the friend group. He's been on there, and we've just been, you know, shooting the shit and you know, not talking about anything real, just talking about the game and you know, doing that. But sometimes that's what guys do. We just we we might yeah. not ever address it, but the fact that the door is now open again and and mm-hmm. you can start communicating again, and it's only because like literally, if I watched Chasing Amy a year ago before that door was open with me and my friend, I might not have looked at this so positive. But oh, now I'm like, oh no, they're they're gonna get back to like Holden and Banky, and that's the funny thing is I look at this movie and I I, I want Holden and Alyssa to be together, but I'm re- also rooting for Holden and Banky. It's yeah, it's you know guy, you know it's also I'm, I'm looking at like the guy the guy friends and everything, you know. So I, I do look at it from that point of view, and I'm like, oh, I found that to be sad, you know that that they weren't friends. But now I'm looking at it positively. I do think that that they that they're gonna overcome it because more so than anything because I think Banky's a better person now than he was before oh yeah absolutely he was he was freed by the Alyssa story as well she kind of served as Mary Poppins in this moment she like came in fixed some shit 
you know, Mary Poppins. Or, or came in and stirred some shit up. <laughs> Basically. Hey, man, that's how life, it's so crazy how life goes. It's like you, a thousand percent of, of what you, like, the good or the bad that happens next is based on your reaction to something. And, like, I like how I feel like at the end, Banky embraced more of who he was and Holden embraced more of the situation and realized where he needed to grow. And Alyssa was able to just proved to herself that she could stay true to who she was it was like for her it was like the ultimate test of the from the universe like okay are you over with this this part of your life now where you have these weird sex not weird i should not say weird where you have these um you know uh sex capades you know like are you are you done are you ready to move on and move up in the world you know what i mean like so they all had you know their their lessons from this so i agree with you on that and uh yeah i'm glad i'm glad i was able to rewatch this one because i'm not gonna lie it healed up some some wounds that i have <laughs> ah, nice I, I mean i'm a firm believer in you know movies i mean I, you know you know me <laughs> I, lo- I love movies and and i'm a firm believer that that you know when done well they can change your perspective on things, and I, I think some of the the best movies can 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 give the audience a, a maybe a unique perspective on on another culture, on another group of, of people, and thus opening the uh, the audience's eyes to that and everything. And I think in that regard, this this movie is definitely important. I, I do think that it still has a, some. I feel like. The bad parts of this movie are only because of the time that it was in, you know, like mm. I, 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 sort of type of thing. But it needed. I feel like maybe it, it, you know, chasing Amy needed to happen so that we could have better versions of chasing Amy later, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And the funny part about this is that I like there are not a lot of really good lesbian films that aren't just about like the sex and the hypersexuality of two women making out and stuff because. I've tried, I've watched my fair share because I wanted to understand who I was. And the closest thing that comes to that is the show, the L word mm-hmm. and, um, uh, not, not a whole lot else, honestly. Um, and so I'm, I'm so glad that chasing Amy is part of, you know, our, our culture. It is super important for any girl who might be questioning their sexuality or just unsure of like what they're feeling to watch this movie. And even a guy too, like it's, you know, why, you know, if you're going to date a girl, who has been with other women before and you're feeling strange about it, you probably need to watch this movie to see how dumb that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love them for who they are, man. Yeah. And you're gonna end up the happiest the happiest clams in the world. And and I love so. I love like what what she says to Holden in the rain like you know I'm glad that you like were born with this roadmap you know what I mean but I wasn't so I tried everything and I think I think that's applicable to both sexes I think that yeah. statement is 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 applicable to everybody and and it's just you know what everyone has their own path to walk everyone has has their own experiences and you gotta just you know uh, you you can't change other people you can only I hate this but it's so damn true you can only be the change that you want to happen you know what i mean right it's it's, it's such a live love laugh it's like such a it's such like a target like cliche painting or, or picture to have but yeah, it's damn in my bathroom that says something like i that. know but it's so <laughs> true it's so freaking true you, the only change that you can make happen in the world is the the your own internal change you know yeah. and uh and yeah i i think that i looking back on it i think this movie helped me uh uh make some good changes uh and maybe i didn't even realize it at the time but but i think maybe it did and and i think too it's it's it i think it holds up pretty well you know even to yeah. today 
Absolutely. Except well, for that fashion. <laughs> well, well done, Kevin Smith. Happy birthday to you, man. I don't even know if you're going to listen to this, but if you are, who knows? The world is wide, but it is also small. Who knows? Um, awesome. Well, thank you for joining me, Corey. This has been a great discussion, man. Yeah, no, I, I was very excited to, to discuss this one, you know, with you and, and I'm glad we did it. I, I, I'm, yeah, I, it's, I, I'm refalling in love with Kevin Smith because of, mm. of this crossover event that we're doing, you know, and, and it's great. It's like refalling in love with these old movies that, that were very, all of them were very near and dear to my heart for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, so hopefully uh, everyone checks out um, uh, Corks on yes. uh, the Corks review and the, car- the the Corks movie review and, and cartoon review on Blast from Our Past um, podcast. Uh, podcast After Dark has Mallrats and Dogma has, uh, I'm sorry, Why This Film with Emily mm-hmm. has Dogma. Yes. And again, the schedule is up on the OCD Instagram. You guys can check that out. Corey, where can we find you in cyberspace? Uh, uh, Podcasting After Dark and uh, Corey Nation (laughs) on Instagram. You know, you know the routine. You guys have heard me say it so many times. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Good luck on your other reviews. Oh, wait, no. At this point, you've done your other reviews. You guys go listen to those other reviews. uh... We're we're recording this like, yeah, it's like weeks in advance type of thing. Ah, the the magic of recording early. (laughs) You have to. I've learned that's that's the best. uh, That's that's the magic of podcasting. Recording super early. Yeah, because you never know what life is going to throw at you the week that something has to come out. Dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the beauty. The beauty of it all. (laughs) All right, guys. I'll see you next time. Cue outro. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and give OCD a follow on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this episode on. And you can take it a step further and leave OCD a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps me out. Thank you so much in advance. You can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash OCD Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Later, dudes. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.